Hit it. Hey, how you doing? Hey, where you been? Three girls talking about a lot of love and sin. And there's someone sitting next to us. Who that freaking man? It's ooh. Oh, oh. It's Keith. <laughs> Do you want to blow your nose? You sound a little stuffed up. No, it's for me taking my Viagra. What is your problem? <laughs> it's 1236. It takes that long. I take it like, you know, medicine. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I thought it was a Tic Tac. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> all right. Welcome to another family-friendly episode. Three Girls, One Keith, um, which we did try to replace Keith. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Hey guys, how are you? Are you excited about the episode today? I feel real good. What are our goals for today? I want to speak truth to power. <laughs> My goal is to continue to watch Keith's feminism um, inspire <laughs> and grow. <laughs> Rach, what's your goal? I want to be as vulnerable as a little baby kitten. Oh! Meow! Oh, wow. What's your goal, Keith? I said, I'm, I'm going to leave everything on the table. I'm just wow. going to put it out there tonight. That's This is going to be my best one. This is going to be my all. Everything. Wow. Everything goes out there. Just so everyone knows that we're sorry about the audio, it's raining today. And oh, so, I think it's soothing. I like it too, but I, if anyone's hearing anything weird, I hope you, yeah, you're comforted by the rain. I think on today's episode, it would be cool to talk about animals and pets and other animals and, and also get into celebrity a little bit and backlash. What do mm -hmm. you guys think? That sounds delicious. Yes. Mm. I like it. <laughs> Whoa. Go <laughs> ahead. Let's do it. Okay. We've got Tatiana Maslany, my dog. Tatiana's a toy poodle. Bridge, tell us about your dog, Poppy. Uh, my dog is Poppy Louise Mandrell Everett, and um, we've been together for <laughs> just over three years. She will cry. She will cry. I probably today. will start crying. My baby has really taught me that I can take care of somebody else and I can take care of myself that way. And oh my God, I really could start crying. Yeah, <laughs> it does at least get you a little bit more emotionally prepared for the thought of loving another person, not just a child, but like right. a partner, you know, you're like, oh, I, I, I have the capacity to love something. Well, I never remember having a dog for the, those reasons. A dog was for to protect the house. Oh, really? Like really yeah, used he, to protect the house? he was there for work. Okay. <laughs> he would clock in and out. What was your dog's name? Sabu. Sabu? Yeah, Sabu. What did that mean? He was, I don't know what it meant. We just, Sabu, mean, kind of mean dog. <laughs> he was trained to the hilt, sick, kill, do kill? whatever. Kill? Yeah. Kill wow. me, he went to, for the throat. So was he, he was really trained. trained to attack? Yeah, he was trained. How attack. many dog. deaths does he have under his belt? How many human now, deaths? I, 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 I remember him uh, taking a little, a little dog out. Uh, oh my <laughs> god, really? And we had to put him on a run. What <laughs> private crazy. security company did you find? Him? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the only dog you ever had? Uh, another Sabu. We had Sabu one. No, and you Sabu did not two. have two Sabu. Oh, yeah, Christ. we did that too with the cats. We had yeah. fluffy black, fluffy white, fluffy yellow, fluffy gray, fluffy calico. Fluffy. Yeah. Oh my did, god. Yeah. <laughs> Sabu one and two. Yeah, Sabu. R.I.P. Do you remember when your dog died? Yeah, it was sad. It's real sad. Yeah. Where did you did you bury them or what happened? You remember? <laughs> oh man. Oh God, what happened? <laughs> no. Jesus. Sabu. I think we buried on him. I don't remember. You don't remember? Yeah, the thing is, he doesn't even realize what he needs to lie about. This isn't something you need to lie about. <laughs> no, I get it. Kevin used to be that way too. Like, would really take a second before answering. And I think it's because you guys both were 
grew up around so many women. So you have to take your time before answering to protect yourself. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> is that is. true? Our, our, really our whole lives were like a Mueller investigation. <laughs> <laughs> that is hysterical. Oh my God. I believe it. I believe it. I had a few cats. You had some cats? Again, once again, we were workers. What are the cats doing for work? <laughs> oh my God. Mice. What were get, their names? Get rid of the mice. I don't Sab, Sab. Mouse catcher. <laughs> you didn't even name the cat. <laughs> we had um, two kittens, and I named them such dumb names, you know? Like, I really, I had a, such an exciting thing to be able to like name to these cat. names. Pounce and Daggles. <laughs> <laughs> They're terrible. <laughs> those names infuriate. I mean, what a squandered opportunity. I mean, yeah. those names Ouch. truly stink. We had um, one cat um black fluffy that mom would make sleep outside because he wasn't a person oh my god <laughs> and then we had another cat named mud and um we all moved out my mom was still in the house where i grew up in it's like six bedrooms anyway i'm there for the weekend and i was like god it smells in here so bad oh, and no, she's like no, oh no, yeah no. she's like oh yeah well your sister-in-law left some dirty diapers in your trash can i was like oh okay you're like, cool. Anyway, I go into my closet when I'm getting ready to leave just to see if there's anything I want to, you know, no. bring back from Kansas. And there was mud. No, in no. The corner. Locked in your closet? Yeah. Oh, oh, no. oh, we oh, called God. my brother to come take her out of there, and you could hear him retching. But that's what he gets because he's the same brother that put my other cat, Gray Fluffy, in the microwave just as a joke. What is going on at that house? <laughs> we were just working through some pain. <laughs> like a horse. Have you ever by accident killed? killed an animal i personally we had gerbils and my mom put me in an empty bath with a gerbil like so the gerbil couldn't run away oh i was like five i knelt right on it oh no it exploded <laughs> i remember no! what oh it looked God. like and the blood on my knee oh, and just God. just being like what a bad idea did you guys ever kill an animal by accident uh i don't know if this counts but <laughs> Well, like my first job that I got paid for was to feed the neighbors fish. Three fish killed all three. Three oh, fatalities. Yeah. Ding, three ding, fish ding. fatalities. I got too excited. I overfed, you know? I yeah. was like, I was so excited for my job that I, I overjobbed. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and I still remember the family getting back from their fun-loving vacation. Oh, yeah. And the kids, like, weeping. to find, I killed them all, and I was so proud, too. And then Tatiana farted right when you said that. She's on my lap and just let out a real <laughs> fart. <laughs> I think it's time for Pound It or Pass. Do you want to pound it? Or do you want to pass? Pass. Do you want to pound it? Or do you want to pass? Pound it. How about Anderson Cooper? I dream, I dream about him from time to time. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I feel like he's somebody that I can trust, so. Do you? Yes. Um, Rach, pound it or pass? Pound. I get a pleasing feeling from him, too. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. You know what? <laughs> it doesn't make you gay. You're just like, if that was your thing, would you? I know, don't also, make what's me wrong gay. with being gay, Keith? But I would, yeah, okay, I'm, okay, I'm gay. I'll, I'll go gay for, <laughs> for two weeks. Okay, with Anderson. <laughs> I can see no. you guys on a beach in uh, Bora Anderson. Bora. <laughs> um, sure, pound it. Pound it for life. Yeah, definitely good, pound good it. Good pound it, guys. Whoa. So let's invite Chris Fisher in here. He is um, a James Beard winning Schaffer's cookbook, the Beetlebung Farm cookbook. 
he worked with Mario Batali for many years at Babo. He's cooked in Japan and London and for very notable people, especially me. Mm-hmm. Um, and has and grew up in Martha's Vineyard on a farm and has like a I think a really interesting perspective on food. Uh, let's talk to Chris Fisher. That's a good intro, right? Can I say maybe he's my husband? Nah. Oh, oh shit. Oh. Um, and also, he's my husband. <laughs> that was almost like Keith level shady. <laughs> now that is shady. <laughs> okay, and then so you guys have a farm. And so things like when we started dating, we would do something that I thought was really adorable. And we'd go over and I would drive. I, I got to drive the um, tractor and like work on the compost pile a little mm-hmm. bit. And then feed the rabbits. Mm-hmm. But then we ate them. Oh! oh it was no, Jeez. I know, and this might be tough for people to hear. I, I sold them. Yeah, we ate some. Rabbits are the best employees I've ever had, because they actually <laughs> eat the waste from the farm and then digest it and then turn it into fertilizer. And throughout the years, you just rotate them over the crops you're growing, and they use up your waste improve the soil and then you get to eat them see those are real employees keith you're you're the cats and the dogs you guys just needed some rabbits <laughs> something that i thought was interesting that you told me was sort of like the meats that we consume the most of uh being like from cows or pigs like mm-hmm. that but but really goats are sort of the most consumed meat yeah, in the I world read, i read that recently that what i think that? the goats? most widely consumed meat in the world is goat do you the, brew yeah. a goat? Sorry, I've already Bro, regretted that. Brew? brew a goat? What's on your mind? What the hell are you talking I guess. about? Do you want your goat fried okay. or brewed? <laughs> are you thinking of brood? Like a broody hen or a brood of chicken? I'm thinking of a bubbling cauldron. Yeah, oh. of That's called braising? A mini goat, and I don't know why. We are basically trained as a society to eat chicken, lamb, pork and beef. And that's because those animals were the easiest to confine. Cows are docile. Uh, pigs, they don't really escape. And same with sheep. And Which animal do you feel the most sorry for? Yeah. I think I've, I've, I've killed so many animals that at a certain point you detach from well, that but act. What's interesting is if we're watching a movie, like a scary movie, and there's anything where someone gets stabbed or there's anything physical or gruesome you're like so grossed out by it like more grossed out than me which i'm like very happy about Mm -hmm. you know personally as someone who's married to you and who has sex with you i've never felt like a cattle or a sheep that you were dealing with and i do appreciate that even though i have fantasized a little bit about but anyway that's something i can just sort of unpack on my own time but but it's it's interesting that you really have such a clear line of but but that you can that you have the capacity to like truly like slaughter an animal because you grew up doing it and it's like second nature to you almost. Yeah. And I think you learn sort of a a routine with an animal before you kill it. You want to create a circumstance where they're surprised. You want it to be fast depending on your resources. And then for the quality of the meat afterwards, then you have to have a whole process and plan for what you're going to do with that product. So it's in its best condition. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like, you know, I think it's, it can be tough for people to hear about, but it, it is what we're eating, yeah. you know? It's like, so it's interesting. I've raised a lot of pigs, partly because I went through a phase of just really loving pork, and they're such strong, smart animals, and I've had so many crazy experiences from 
picking them up in Vermont on these big pig farms and driving them back with like homemade shells that in the back of my truck. And one time I was picking up two pregnant goats because an employer of mine wanted to make goat cheese and we skipped the process by buying pregnant goats and then 20 piglets. And I built this little like section where the goats were in the back and the piglets were in the front and it started to rain and the goats were shivering. So I started take, I didn't have anything for them. So I started taking off my own clothes and putting them on the goats and the back of my truck truck was open. Yeah. And so one was wearing like a nice Ralph Lauren sweater. The other was wearing my T-shirt. I tied something around one of their heads, so it had like a little headband. And so people would drive by and they saw these goats in the so back of my the, truck. They saw like goats with do rags. Yeah. you dressed them like the Harlem Globetrotters mm-hmm. and <laughs> left them out for the night. Um, Not to have any presence in this show, but mm-hmm. if you guys want to segue into your fame. Thing. I think you guys wanted to talk about that. Oh, oh wow. Um, he's like, doesn't want to be on the podcast, and now he's but like now he's engineering. A yeah, he's, he's like, you have to mention celebrity. Like we were talking the other day about how, how I think when you when a celebrity first pops up on the scene, like some somebody new, you know, uh, everyone gets really excited about them. If there's some new person that you like, you're excited. You're like, oh, good, it's a new person I can be a fan of. If it's a musician or a, an actor or a comedian, whatever. And then over time, you kind of get a little burnout on that celebrity. And you're like, I'm kind of sick of seeing this person everywhere. They seem like they like themselves a little too much. Mm -hmm. And you turn on them. And I know because I've done that for other celebrities. And and I knew it was going to happen to me. That's just how it is. And people write to me all the time. Oh, I never liked you. But now you're like, okay, great. It's never too late. And it's never too late to turn on me. (laughs) (laughs) And come back. Yeah, come on back, guys. But that's why we can't help talking about celebrity without talking about backlash because they're so hand in hand now. They get you for, you know, you're going to be had for everything. Anything you do. Anything. Things that you don't do. Yeah. So when we did Tough Crowd and we did uh, the show. Colin Quinn's show. Was that Comedy Central? The Colin Quinn show. Well, Tough Crowd was on. Comedy Central, yeah. and the Colin Quinn show was like NBC. It was a live show. Yeah, but we did everything. Right, you we said whatever. Like, yeah, we were just there. Like I remember, I was about to go on live and do it, and, and Lauren Michaels came and said, "Don't do that joke." I looked, I'm like, "Yeah, right." Yeah, and you're I still not my did the joke. <laughs> still did the joke. Yeah, but we were on Tough Crowd, like we weren't even on TV. We were just regular sitting around talking. Yeah, and all of it came out. And then I continued when I went on a nightly show, mm-hmm. and I said some things that people uh, oh, right. now of social media, yeah. and everybody was ripping me, Attacking ripping, you, yeah. yeah. So, but I. But still, you don't care. No. No. Why don't you care? Because it's just words. Mm-hmm. It's just words, and we can't have. We can have a discussion about what I say, but you're not going to tell me to say, you know, about what I say. You're not going to tell me anything. Yeah. You're not going to go. You should say this, or you should do this. No, let's have a discussion. Couldn't yeah. you learn something from, like, regular conversation? If you have a conversation instead of a judgment on what a person's saying, couldn't you learn something? Like, everybody learns something the more you d- discuss it. Like, I grew up around boys. You know, men running around being men. You know, my no. mom was there and mean? all that. But I'm saying we did men stuff. Like what? Like you, you well, like how you interact with women, you know, like my brother used to go around, he'd just say, 
Jesus Just Christ. Just finish it. There it goes. <laughs> Look, you were going to go down in flames at some point. So what, <laughs> I want to know what's men's stuff. No, what did your brother no, go around? I'm saying he would go like, hey, you, how you, you know, interact with women and like, hey, kissy lips. My brother would say that. Hey, well, kissy lips? Yeah, call it kissy lips. Like a stranger? Yeah. Okay, okay God. What? <laughs> I'm just saying. But he had that confidence, though. I see a lot of people doing different stuff, but the more you around folks, the more you, you're learning more as you, you're evolving as you go along. Right. So you see, so you start out and you kind of learn this behavior from your personal surroundings. And yeah. then as you get older, you get you better learn, morals. Yeah, you whatever. get better, but the only yeah. way. And you realize that women's like choices in their lives aren't disposable. Right. Yeah, I remember once you you he's were like, um. Right. He's like, oh. think, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I think as long as you're you're open to evolution and yeah and learning and you know and being a better person, then then that's like all you can hope for. Right. So you know that's what I'm saying. So yeah. what you say now may be a different thought pattern later on. Mm-hmm. I do feel like yeah, you used to declare more. I mean, you would make more offensive declarations. <laughs> 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 I remember you more than you. Did now i remember you once telling me about how you used to there some girl you saw a girl and you were like she had a sweet thick booty so i took a butter knife to saw off her booty or something oh and, my god and you said you took the top of a butter knife like you were gonna give yourself a sweet piece of her booty or something <laughs> yeah and then i uh, stand by those <laughs> comments I think that's cute. yeah that's sweet <laughs> They're no, i haven't evolved with that i'm standing by that one <laughs> and then later on you're like, I guess I need consent before I put a butter knife. Wow, what a hero. <laughs> what a hero. I do have like a lot of support from like my peers and like the downtown performance art mm-hmm. community, but I feel it crusting, you know what I mean? I yeah. feel like people are gonna turn on me at any point. And <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's also changed like the way that like I write new stuff, like between the think pieces and just waiting for people to just to like latch on to like the horrible thing I say, I feel like I've lost like- um, The freedom? The freedom. The, the real true artistic like, freedom. Yeah, yeah, cause when I was starting, I was just so wild and hungry and like just, just balls it, to the wall, balls to the wall mm-hmm. and mayhem. And I'm not saying I, I don't perform with that intensity, no, but do. like, but just the, but just like saying and doing anything, yeah. I, I, I feel There's so much. There's no way not to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. And it, it feels, it feels disappointing. And like, sometimes I miss the danger of it and I feel like, um, well, no, but I know what you mean. It's like to want to be like this free artist, but also to stay in the yeah. business, to stay out of jail, to stay alive. Um, you you have to evolve in a way that yeah. makes your stuff more sort of accessible. And some of it's really good. Like, I just feel like the jokes that I told when I started, because I was doing like a, a character, you know, in a, in a lot of ways who would just say like just really ignorant, dumb stuff about women and racism and sex and everything. And then and then once you realize, OK, people are listening and um and young women are taking some signals from me. I never felt like um, resentful of that uh, pressure. Like I felt like it was an opportunity instead of just this responsibility I didn't ask for, you know, I was like, okay, so there are eyes on me and ears listening. So um, I just want to be a little bit more responsible about it. And also self-preservation. Like you give everything when you go out there in a way that I've never even seen before. But as someone who loves you, it's like, I think the most important thing is the sustainability and to be able to keep performing. And so the performers who kept it so real the whole time and never ebbed, it's like, 
those people can't stay in the business. Can I say this? Everybody's always saying to tell your truth. Uh Right? So if you want to tell, like Richard Fryer just laid it all out there. Right. Right? Yeah. And that's why he was considered or is considered one of the the greatest comics. Sure. So if we take that away, say we take all that away of telling your truth, Uh you never have a Richard Fryer. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're saying. So we're adjusting to the people and not having to adjust to us. Like, we're starting to adjust to Twitter and all that, like, oh, we got to do this. And I think that takes the... I think it's taken away something. But you are always going to offend somebody. There's going to be somebody that takes something out of context. It's also the media's fault. It's because they they take people's tweets as as news now, and they report on them. They post them, and that's harmful in itself. So I think it's the balance of trying to be responsible about it and, and being careful when you can, just so that you can have the opportunity to keep performing. People are looking for any little thing. That's sure. what you got to get. People it's that fiction. A lot gonna, of it's fiction. You're not going to get, you know, what you want because people are, people going to get you anyway. Right. Well, I mean, the line people you. say, um, you know, any sort of trolling, any sort of you're fat, you're ugly, I'm like, great, fine. Um, but the lies, like the compilations online about saying that I've stolen jokes, people online are like, how come she's allowed to still do this? How come she doesn't get the, the treatment that other people who've stolen jokes have? And it's because comedians know the truth, you know, well, and there there's was truth reason. to that. People would have burned you down. Like your peers would have burned you, burned right. you down. But yeah. there are people, you believe the news. Like we're just so susceptible and it's scary because people take this stuff as, as total fact. But, you know, and you talk about prior being so honest and so open and he was and it was such an emotional roller coaster but then he did make sort of compromises to what the public wanted a little bit he didn't want to do mudbone anymore that made him feel bad no, he but got, he would still he would still it, do it he got tired of i'm saying he, he did all he had to do right but he got you know he had got tired of that uh uh of even saying the the n-word sure he said, I'm not going to say it no more. Mm-hmm. And then just not because of whatever, just because he's like, it was, it's a growth in himself. He was evolving. But I'm saying right now we're letting Twitter, Instagram, what somebody says, shape you. Everything shapes yeah. whatever the conversation is like. Fuck them. But some of it, I have to say for myself, some of it, it's not all about self-preservation. If I realize that a joke I've been making is really going to hurt somebody. I don't want to say it, not because I'm worried about getting burned on Twitter, because I don't, I don't like the idea of like actually making somebody upset. But that, that's except my, for you, that's and my, I would take I any opportunity. You, you, do, you take swipes at me, but I'm Anytime. saying that is we're out there. We're telling jokes. We're taking bearing our souls. Sometimes yeah. we're doing whatever. Somebody's going to be yeah. hurt. I think there's a difference though between um, look. First of all, I think there are certain kind of people and plenty of people out there. They like being offended. That's a that's a exciting feeling for them. Some people selective feel outrage. Yeah, Jim yeah. Norton some people says, love. Yeah, exactly. Outrage. Like they, it's exhilarating. Like I woke up and I got angry about something and I wrote a letter. You know. Yeah. So there are those kinds of people that are looking to be outraged and it makes them feel 
you know, like powerful. And I don't think you should feed that or, or the idea that they use the word controversy so quickly now. Like, I mean, it's almost like a step. From one tweet. Yeah. And the stakes are all and the same. No I feel like you can make a, a small little misstep on stage. You could say something that, you know, just sort of came out and like, and, and, cause it's all about like going out and trying new things and whatever you say something, whatever, but you have the same sort of repercussions as Bill Cosby or something. No, it's true. Over, Especially you know? if you're a woman, the repercussions for things that don't even necessarily have to be true. You still will get burned. And then it's all perception. This is what we, when Obama was still in office, they were like, the unemployment rate is down. And they were like, yeah, but the perception is that it's, uh, that it's not. And it was like, Okay, you know, but that's how it is now. Yeah. So it's all the perception. And we grew up, you would just believe the news. You would see something, you go, well, that's the news. You really have to question your sources now. That's what I'm saying. It's like everything is so phony at this. And if we pay attention to it too much, we're worried about what this one said about me, that one said about me. And then we're going like this. We're shifting too much. Just do your thing. And because you only want to see perfect. people, right? You just want to see people, you want to see artists being honest, you want to yeah. see uh, yeah. the authenticity, you don't want to see like this new marketed version of them, right? Which is why I think we are all pretty much, you know, committed to, to being authentic. As comedians, we want to communicate, we want the truth to come out. So when I've been accused of something that's not true, I want to respond and go, no, I didn't do that. That's not how it went down. But then that gives you a whole other 24 yeah. to 48 hour news yeah. cycle. But you got to know who you are. That's a, that's the a major thing. That's right. what everything's telling you. Yeah. Know who you are. That's a good thing then, about being a comic being, too, is that nobody yeah. can worry about a celebrity that's a comedian's head getting too big. Cause comics will, we will know we're garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to switch it up, and this episode for LVP, for least valuable person on this episode of the podcast, I'm going to go with Keith Robinson. <laughs> Anybody else feel like Keith kind of blew it today? Or You know, I hate to pile on Keith, but I'm, I have I really don't have another choice. Yeah, it was just if we're being real. Gosh, you know, I've been actually kind of reflective for this episode, so and kind of was thinking about some of the stuff I said and if I was really bringing, you know, enough to the table. Sorry about Ta that. Tati's way <laughs> in my self-reflection, I'm going to have to go with Keith. Yeah, Keith is for the least valuable. Oh, Keith, I'm sorry. Who do you think was the least valuable? I'm going to have to say me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on Three Girls, One Keith. Stay strong. Talk soon. Just a quick heads up that all future seasons of Three Girls, One Keith will be available only on Spotify, free and premium. So might as well hit pause, head over to Spotify and follow Three Girls, One Keith. Did you know that if you listen to Three Girls, One Keith on Spotify, free and premium, you get the extra special, extra hilarious extended cut of all our episodes. So next time you have a burning desire for Three Girls, One Keith, head over to Spotify, free or premium for the extra special version. Hey, 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 Three Girls, One Keith. Three Girls, One Keith is a Spotify original podcast. Our executive producers are me, Amy Schumer, and Kevin Kane. Our executive producers at Spotify are Natalie Tulla and Robin Hopkins, along with the team at Gilded Audio Design, Andrew Chug, Whitney Donaldson, and Dan Rosato. Look, you girls do a good job. Oh, oh my God. <laughs>